Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalon. You are listening to Room 104, 0876797104. That's the WhatsApp number you can get in touch with us on the show here right now. Um, because it is obviously Wednesday, it's uh, this time of the night where we like to do My Worst Gig, where you get to hear from some of the best comedians in the country about some of their worst gigs, because, you know, they're just par for the course. They happen along the way, unfortunately. Uh, my next guest and the next person you're going to be hearing from is somebody who is gone on to support people like Tommy Tiernan, Phil Jupitus. You'll have seen him hosting and performing at Electric Picnic. You'll also have seen him at the Kilkenny Cat Laughs, the Vodafone Comedy Festivals, the Galway Comedy Festival, all of those huge major gigs that we run here around the country. Mr. Danny Dowling, how are you? G'day, Cormac. How are you, brother? Good, good, man. Thanks for popping on this evening. Oh, not at all, not at all. It's great to have you on, and uh, my favourite subject as well, too. Well, it's, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, 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 it's funny, like, if a comic says to you, I made a smash that, or, uh, you know, I was on tour with such and such, I just glaze over. I just glaze over. But when someone says to me, Oh, I died. I want to know. <laughs> I want to know. And it's like it's like people watching a car crash, or you yeah. know, just turning around to look at something. You know, you know, you don't want to look at it, but you really want to look at it. People are like, "Well, don't look at the car crash, but you're going to look at the car crash." Yeah, it's kind of like like I every night I go home and my missus hates this. I'm like, I'm going to put on four hours of fail videos on YouTube just because they're funny. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? they are. There's nothing like it. I actually. Uh, I had the kids down at the weekend in between the comedy festival, the Galway Comedy Festival, which was amazing. And uh, we were watching the Mockness Festival, and my daughter tripped over her shoelaces just after I'd said to her, do your shoelaces up. And uh, she smacked off the ground, but she had a Coke, which she hit her head off, so she didn't actually <laughs> hit her head off. And I pissed myself laughing. And she kept like, saying to me, you know, why are you laughing? I was like, you know, it's just... Just one of those things, you know. People dying on their hole in comedy is <laughs> hilarious, and it's actually, uh, and it's one of my favourite things as well too. And comedians won't tell you this: there is nothing in the world better than someone dying just before you go up, because it's, <laughs> you can sit back there and laugh your hole off and know that all you need to do is one knock knock joke, and they'll love you. They have lowered the expectation in the room so low yeah, that you just, yeah, you know yeah, what, yeah, yeah. it's fine. Yeah, I know, because, uh, uh, you know, for, for guys that are listening as well, too, you know, you can have... T- it used to terrify me uh, when someone would smash it and smash it out of the blue and really get the crowd going and stuff, because you're on a... You know, they're on an expectation of this is going to go better and better. And it took me a long time to get into, you know, that's great for someone and uh, and just take it on the chin. I once had Paul Curry, who's a Northern Irish comedian, absolutely genius, bizarre 
just ludicrous comic uh, into a lot of um, puppets and all sorts of things. And a club up the north asked me if uh, I'd do a gig, and I was like, yeah, sure, as long as I can bring Paul Curry and I don't want any support or any open mics. I just want to let Paul Curry do it. And he got a standing ovation for five minutes, and then they had the break. And all they wanted to do was get in the car. That was before it even said anything. You know, you're just sitting there with dread going, how do I follow that? You oh, know, that's, no. But, and when I was coming up as well, too, that would be a thing that I would try and do. You know, I'd try and, we call him the biz, nicking a geek, you know, try and be funnier than the headliner. But then when it happened to me, I realized it's not necessarily the nicest thing to do. The same was a little bit like uh, I stopped about, maybe eight or nine years ago going into the audience and really hammering someone. I don't think there's a lot of skill and just destroying people in comedy. But uh, that's when the he- when when someone heckles you. If it's good, it's good. But that's when it can really... A heckle that comes when you're dying on your hole can be the most painful thing that you've <laughs> ever occurred in your life. Cut my arm and pour salt into it and piss on it. I don't mind. But, like, don't kick a man when he's down. And, and that's when they get the laughs. And then you have to try and get somewhere after that. So... I've had some shockers. Oh, God, come here. Yeah, it's just nothing worse. And it's always... You just have to go through that, though. You have to allow yourself to be shit for a while. Even when you're trying out new stuff, it's like, this is all going to be yeah. terrible for a while, but it's, it's it's that thing you're afraid of. But before yeah. we chat about some of... Before we get into some of the other worst ones, how long have you been doing stand-up? I started in New Zealand doing gigs, amazingly, with a bunch of guys just straight out of university. And there was no stand-up comedy there in Christchurch. We used to put on these uh, spoken word gigs and we'd get up and we'd try and do it. And Reece Darby was, uh, from Flight of the Concords, yeah. was one of the guys that set it up. And Jared Christmas, who was on Flight of the Concords and Live at the Apollo and is one of the best MCs in the world. He's in the States now. Just did a comedy special, was one of the guys with it. And we called ourselves the Three Domingos, thinking that we were really hilarious. But, man, I think back to those gigs and I feel so sorry for those people that paid money because that would be the thing as well too people would ask for their money back you know and from there I went to Australia that's where I really started cutting my teeth and I did everything from what they call RSAs which is return services clubs to rugby clubs cruised around in vans did mining villages and then I went to Canada and I went to the States and then eventually I managed to get through England, Scotland, Wales and I decided that I wanted to stop and plus I was going out with this Irish girl at the time. (laughs) (laughs) But she got airport, she got what known as, so I've now found out it's airport syndrome which was we were in love and she was great crack just till we got to the airport. Then she turned into this, I didn't even know what religion she was, but she was quite definite and so was her father that they were Protestants. And we had to go to the Royal Golf Club in Dunleary and different bits and I was like, this isn't going to work. So I started up Sand Up again and I've been going hardcore for over 19 years, so 18 years here and maybe another three or four around the world. So... What's that, 22, 23 years? Jeez, that's a long time. I didn't realise it was that long. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it's a good stretch. And uh, yeah, obviously over those good stretches, as you said, you've done some phenomenally big gigs and big venues. But just, as you said, cutting your teeth, you're going to run into 
the odd bad gig. So listen, what are what are some of your I suppose uh, favorite bad gigs that you've ever the, had? Well, one of the first gigs I did in a pub in a place called Horafanua, and what I didn't know was that they had a dartboard at the back of the room, and uh, I started out and I told a few jokes and I used to do these impressions of famous people saying stupid things. And it got worse and worse and worse. And someone once told me, like I'd had, when you start out, you have a few good gigs, and you think, yeah, this is easy. I'm going to try some new material, or I'm going to, I'm going to try this or that. And Horafanua is full of what we know in New Zealand as black power. So they are Maoris that extort money, ride motorcycles, are extremely violent, and right. will tell you straight away whether you're funny or not. And one stood up in the middle of the thing and goes. Shut the fuck up. I'm going to play darts. Anybody want to play darts? And then they opened up the dartboard, and then they started, she man shouted, hey, hey, you and the, you with the microphone. I was like, yeah. Just behind the curtain, there's, a, there's some darts. Can we have the darts? Oh, no. <laughs> so whilst they were throwing darts, I was, like, trying to tell jokes till one of them turned around and threw a dart actually at me. <laughs> So uh, the promoter came on. and It's like uh, I think you better leave. You're gonna get you're gonna get another dart thrown at you. And uh, so that was my first horrific death. Wow! But the the worst death I ever had. I toured with the Rubber Bandits just after uh, a horse outside right, went yeah. to number one, and they were unknown at that stage as well too. There was a lot of sneaking around. The press were constantly at our gigs. They used to sit outside the boys' houses trying to take photos of them, and we were putting fake people up on Twitter and yeah. Facebook as the real guys just to kind of pull it off. But anyway, we had a gig in the Button Factory on Halloween just coming up. Now, this must be a good 10 years yeah. ago, maybe? Yeah. Got to be 10 years ago. So they had a few bands, and it was going really well. And then uh, before the bandits came out, they liked to um, play techno, hardcore, industrial techno, smoke cannons, everything. <laughs> and then I would go out and uh, bring them on and try and rile up the crowd. But the crowd was full of scobies that had just come in from California and <laughs> some people had been unlocked from from the joy. Yeah, they really out of the joy, yeah. There was, there was about at least 20 or 30 homeless people that had scratched enough to go to the gig. They were up the front and I got booed off the stage. They booed me off the stage. <laughs> and then the glasses, the plastic glasses started coming. Thank God. Thank God. Right at the last minute, there was an extra charge went on to the gig whether they were going to have plastic glasses or not. And I remember saying to them, oh, who gives a shit? No one's going to struggle with glasses yet. Thank <laughs> fuck, fuck. I'm so lucky that they didn't. But they booed me off the stage. And the bandits were absolutely pissing themselves laughing, but we just put the music on again. And that was, without a shadow of a doubt, the worst guess of all time that I've ever had. It's mad, I, though, right? Because you'd think, this is what I think is kind of funny about those kind of gigs, is you're, you're supporting the rubber bandits. You know what I mean? Like, that's obviously a career oh, yeah. high, and you're like, it's paying off, Danny. We're all going in the right direction. Oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. And as well, like, too, like, I've handled rough gigs. I've done, as I was saying, I've done gigs in mining villages. I did one at a uh, 24-hour abattoir in Norway where half the people couldn't even speak English, and they were smashing uh, knives against the walls. 
at least to bring comedians and bands to try and alleviate the um, depression that was happening in Norway. It was dark. And yeah. I was used to, I'm used to rowdy clouds, crowds. I'd done like, I think I'd done 15 or 16 dates on the tour and it had all gone well. But man, did the legs come out from under me. And I was stupid enough to go on Twitter and there was a barrage of people. <laughs> there were so many people going, who is that? Let's find them and bring them back down to Limerick and kick the shit out of them. And <laughs> so that was that was a shocker. I had a, uh, I did a gig at Tea in the Fields and uh, Tea in the Park in Scotland. Uh, and uh, I was on just... I was uh, I was just after Russell Howard, and uh, I started out, and there was I think maybe about ten or eleven thousand people in the tent, and as soon as uh, Charles was actually emceeing, Charles Regan, Charles Regan was like, "This one in New Zealand's great comics, he's doing great in Ireland, blah 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 blah," and as soon as he said my name, Danny Dowling, and it, you know they put on the music, everybody, and I mean everybody, got up and left. Oh, what I didn't. No. What I didn't know was ACDC was playing on the main stage as well, too. And it started out as a room where I was hyper-pumped. You know, like, there's a great high that you get off when you come off, but sometimes when you're about to go on and you can feel that it's going to be good and you're in front of a big crowd. But as I started, like, there was just people leaving in droves and droves and droves. And then I started losing my pace. And I think I had 15 minutes. And by the end of the 15 minutes, it was maybe a thousand people there, oh, wow. and they were, yeah. And one of them, it was back in the Vuvuzela days, oh. and people <laughs> at the back had the Vuvuzelas from the World Cup that just kept honking. Oh, and no. eventually, Charles actually came back onto the stage to take the microphone off me. That was, uh, but I was laughing at that. That was um, that was a shocker. But as well too, that's the thing when you die. And it comes out of left of nowhere. Sometimes you get better at not dying, and, and thankfully it doesn't happen as much. Or you know, you've got bits of material that you can, you know, yeah, yeah, about yeah. Comedy, yeah. You've got little cool. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Backs that you can go into, or you can go into the crowd, or you can do something crazy, or you can cut and run, which is definitely not done in the business. You shouldn't actually, you've still got to stay your time as well, too. You shouldn't mic drop and go, okay, that's it for me. Thank you very much. Uh, you've been a great crowd. <laughs> yeah, I'm out of here. Bye now. <laughs> I'm out of here, yeah. Or my favorite one as well, too, is when people heckle you, really heckle you, and it's, there's nothing to work with, and you can put them down a couple of times, and then I'll go, okay, righto, the, the crowd's on my side. I might destroy you now in a second if you don't shut up. And then they'll go again and again and again. And I had that one at the Belfast Comedy Festival. Who was on there? Tommy Tien and myself and Dylan Moran. And Dylan said, you go in the middle, and uh, we'll put Tommy on first and just do a short set, and it was fine. And it was in a small venue. It was a private gig, and then we did Fool's Road the night after to a huge gig, which went great. But at the end of it, the guy actually came up to me who was just wouldn't stop. Just before you get punchline set, set up, then punchline, he would shout something. Hmm. And, and then he was, you know, he was laughing away at himself. And he came up to me at the end, he went, Oh, man, you want to try again? And I went, well, I can't try again because my gig's over. Oh, I was only trying to help you out. I was like, you're trying to help me out? How were you, how were you helping me out there, bro? Oh, well, you weren't very funny. I was like, no, it wasn't very funny, mate. Because every time I got to a punchline, you went, ah, no, 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 no. It's funny. Like, uh, I find with the, um, with the northern crowds, they're great. But uh, I can't understand them sometimes when they're heckling back at you. Oh, uh, okay. They, they all sound like they've got a cleft palate, you know, or a hair lip. They're all like, oh, no, no, hey, no, no. And then you get the likes of uh, Jerry Adam, who just, I think, just sounds like he's saying brown trout the whole time. He's like, <laughs> ho, fro, show, and the nice and brown trout, ho, just go. I can never understand, like, what's going on up there, but uh, it's a great place to gig, a great place to gig. Yeah, I've done it up there a, a couple of times, and, uh, yeah, they're just mad. They're mad for a night out, and, you know, the oh, energy Oh, they are mad for a night out, and as well, too, like... Uh, it's funny, I'd be doing uh, little tours up the north and uh, I'd get relations from uh, New Zealand going, oh my gosh, why are you going to the north of Ireland? It's so bad and dangerous. <laughs> well, it's not dangerous at all, you know. Just as long as you don't mention what flag, you know, is going on and stick away from, you know, the obvious. And people are people are lovely up there. If, you know, if there's listeners out there wanting to go for a good weekend, head up to Belfast, up to the Cathedral Quarter. There's some fantastic comics they used to bring me up like over the last 10 years that are Mickey Bartlett and Colin Geddes and Rory Ward that have just become huge. Shane Todd, they've got TV shows, they're filling arenas. Um, yeah. What I found up there, those gigs are beautiful. They're great gigs. Now, I will say I, I was almost pushed off a stage up in Belfast once. 
And you were pushed off the stage. And I mean, you know when your balance is just about to go and you're about to fall? Yeah. And this was a high stage, so up there. Because a lot of their venues, you know, if you, oh done, my God. you know the Empire, the way how high that stage yeah, is, it's good like five foot. Yeah, ridiculously high stage. It's very much taken from the days when people were preaching, the Ulster says no. And uh, yeah. you know, it's very much like uh, <laughs> stuff like that. I, f- I find everywhere up there they say no. Yeah. You want to change? No. <laughs> Would you like a drink? No. Just say no. No. <laughs> But we, I was emceeing a gig up there and uh, it was for, for, for uh, the Bingo Loco thing that's kind of gone mad over the last while. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, they, they, we were in, in the limelight and the gig was going insanely good and it was huge. There's about like four or five hundred people there, right? And the stage Brilliant. is really, really high and they have one of those barriers in front of... Uh, just to separate the stage and the crowd yeah. or whatever, right? And uh, we were doing the, the, the Bingo Locus Grand. Someone was winning a prize and I was taking the piss out of her going, oh, you haven't won it, sit back down. She didn't take it well at all. And then I was on the edge of the stage and she came up and just pushed into the back of me to the point where for a few moments <laughs> you nearly went over. Oh, for a few minutes I was like I'm gone you know you can't actually if yeah. anyone if any, so if someone had a blown on me I would have went straight into the barrier and just straight smashed over. myself that would have been amazing oh I know that would have been amazing I actually I saw once in Canada a, uh, a female comic a girl called Rosie Lyon um, who now writes for uh, the NBC writes for NBC she's a staff writer uh, for their, uh, I think she works as well. She 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 was on Jimmy Kimmel's staff for a while yeah. as well too. But she started telling lesbian jokes about how she was really pretty and she couldn't get a man, but she could get a lesbian because anyone could get a lesbian. And I wasn't gigging at the time, but I was in the back of the room. And this woman, who we say was, she was kind of like the size of a logger. She did something in the construction industry. Right. She built a lot of muscle and was quite obviously a lesbian, got up on stage and knocked her out. What? Actually knocked her out. One punch, bang, and the crowd went nuts. And she grabbed the microphone and she went, Lesbians! And that was the end of the gig. And uh, Rose got, yeah, she, I don't think she ever gigged again. Well, she didn't <laughs> gig in that, in that career. Holy but shit! That, yeah, she got knocked out. And uh, again... For all of us, apart from the girls that were on that gig, it was the funniest thing that we'd ever seen. <laughs> it became legend. She she no longer was Rosie McLoon. She was the girl that got knocked out by the lesbian in Toronto. So Jesus. it can go sideways, but uh, you just have to... They come out of nowhere. They come out of absolutely nowhere. I was up in Scotland doing some gigs with a, a couple of uh, really funny guys that used to write for... And uh, just pulling back the veil as well, too. They used to write for Frankie Boyle when he was on Dara's show on the week, 8 out of 10... Yeah, yeah, Mock the Week, sorry, I was going to say 8 out of 10 cats. <clears throat> I hate saying it right, and I probably shouldn't say it, but it is true. A lot of comedians have to get writers, or they get writers, because they're at the top of the game and they can't pump out that much material. So they will buy jokes. So I was on there with uh, Reverend Obadiah and Tom Stage. And uh, at the last minute, uh, Tom said, I want to go on first because I've got to get back for my kid. Mm. And I was like, grand. But uh, what I didn't know was that people didn't know, well, obviously didn't know who I was in uh, Edinburgh at the time. They knew who the Reverend was, but there was a soccer match on. And uh, when the soccer match uh, finished, Everyone from the front bars came into the back bar, and I started going through. It wasn't going too bad, and then it started dying, and it started getting quieter and quieter. And then one of the Scots guys yelled out, 
you don't even look like Tom Stead. I was like, nah, Tom was on earlier. And then he yelled back, well, we should ring him up and get him back. I'll pay for the taxi. And, like, he's running the gig then. You know, you're not coming back from that. You know, and then it's a bit of, oh, I wish I could. Yeah, death stories, they're, um, they take it away from you. You mean, it takes you a long time to get good, uh, you know, and, uh, I've got quite technical over the last couple of years on uh, what we call rhythm and pace and timing and looking at it almost from a musically bit. Yeah. Uh, and like one of our great mates, Chris Kent, uh, he gave me a great tip there uh, last year of um, listening to the audience uh, and as the laughter comes up, you can hit them again or as it's coming down, you know, to be patient. You know what Chris's delivery is like, he's so slow and rapid, but I'm like the other side, I can get too fast and because my my accent's not from around here. Uh, it can kind of lose people. So there's a lot of tricks to the trade. So, I, I, you know, we could literally stay here for the next couple of hours and just keep I going through. I probably could. I probably could. But we, I've got better. That's what. That's the big thing. I've got better. <laughs> <laughs> no, you said you're, you're a f- fantastic comedian. And before Thanks, before I, before I let you go, <clears throat> what do you have any gigs coming up over the next while? Either in yeah, Dublin well, I don't or know if anyone's or... come to Galway tomorrow night. I'm uh, I'm trialing out. I've got a new show coming up called uh, I'm Not From Round Here, where I've, uh, I'm going through, I'm going to do a lot of theatres next year, and uh, I'm trialing out some material tomorrow night, or if anyone wants to follow me on Instagram or Twitter, I'm at Danny Dowling, or if you want to, if you see me at a gig, uh, come and say hi, because there's nothing more than I like uh, getting people to buy me free beers. <laughs> yeah, don't throw a dart at them, please. No, I don't throw a dart. Yeah, I'm never doing a gig with a dartboard again. Never. That's on your rider. You're like, I'm sorry, but remove all of the dartboards, <laughs> no please, sir. No dart. God. Well, listen, Danny, as I said, thanks a million for popping on My Worst Gig. I'm sure we can get you on again at some stage to talk through the rest of them. Oh, I'd love to. I'd love to. Thanks so much, Cormac. <laughs> no worries. I'll chat you again soon. Cheers, bro. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at. Like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always dive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824.